you guys. Uh, they are doing this completely for the Lord, but would you just give a thank you to Dom and his crew here? What a huge blessing. Um, it's a huge gift. Just Dom and I go way back like 15, 20 years of friendship, and we just happened to be here on this same weekend, and uh, just an encouragement to my heart and soul to see um, a dad continuing to walk faithful with his own relationship with Jesus, much less uh, passing that gospel life and that love of Jesus on to his kids. And um, I'll be praying that for you. Uh, this has been such a joy for me to uh, be here with you and spend this time. Um, Leilani and I have had an absolute blast. And um, I just want you to know I love you. As much as I love you guys, God loves you way more than I ever could. So just know that uh, we'll be praying for each of you, safe travels as you head home, and um, that God's favor and protection uh, would just rest on, on you and yours. Um, you know, we've been talking about a heart this weekend, and I just uh, will continue to pray too that God works on your heart that every single day we've just got this posture that's open-hearted before God. And um, that he'd remind you often that your heart and my heart, it's the wellspring of life. It determines every aspect of our life from what we say to what we do. That our hearts are subject to influence, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But praise be to God that there's healing, there's hope for our hearts, there's strength for our hearts that he can provide. And there's hope constantly accessed in what he did for us on the cross. And that sort of hope really trumps any sort of thing uh, circumstantially that might be going on in your life. And today I just want to wrap up with maybe something that would just be an encouragement to your heart. Um, speak some life uh, from the word of God over your heart. You know, the words that we say have profound influence on each other. And the words that we speak, uh, they reflect what's going on in our heart. But the words that we speak can also shape our heart. Have you noticed that? And, and so uh, just keeping that in mind, I'd just love to take some time for uh, us to let the Lord speak some things that would be an encouragement to your heart. As we do that, I just wanna pray one last time over this few minutes that we've got together and uh, just to open our hearts before him. And so gracious heavenly father, we, we thank you for all you have done. Thank you for getting us here this weekend and orchestrating all the things that had to take place to make that happen. Thank you for being right here in our midst. But thank you, Lord, that you don't, you don't live in this chapel. You don't, you don't live just here at Hume Lake, but you're going home with every single one of us. And we pray that as that takes place, that your love would go before us and, and that love would just continue to work on our hearts. Thank you for every dad and every daughter that's here. Thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, we say some weird things. Um, when, when you go back to your childhood or it, girls, if, if some of you are a kid right now, do you remember weird kid poems that ever got told to you guys? Do you remember weird ones? Do you remember this? Sally sells seashells by the seashore. 
That's the worst business advice I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Who are your parents, Sally, setting you up selling seashells at the only place I can get them for free, right there at the seashore? That's weird, not very entrepreneurial parents did you have, Sally? No, you didn't. Remember this one? Rock-a-bye, baby, in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come, baby, cradle and all. Night, night, Lucy. That is the worst. We're talking about the death and dying of little babies. To That's a great lullaby. It's so weird. Why would we say that? I had a grandma, precious, precious grandma, and every single night that I was spending the night at grandma's house, she would pray this hideous prayer over me right before bedtime. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You guys, I'm five. I'm laying in my bed waiting for it to collapse through the floor or somebody come steal my soul. If not that, grandpa's going to come and play that steal my nose game. We say weird stuff to each other. And our hearts, they, they absorb that. They, they reflect what's going on in here, but they're also shaped. The, the words shape what's going on in here. There was a guy in the scriptures, and he had heart trouble like me and you have. He had stuff going on in his heart, and I could tell that he had heart issues because of his behavior and because of the words that were coming out of his mouth. And this guy in scripture, I would love to act him out for you here for just a moment. Jonah. Jonah, it's me, God. Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh. It's that way. There's some very bad people doing some bad things there. And you need to tell them to stop or it's going to be bad news for them. Are you talking to me? You're talking to me, God, because I I don't really want to go to Nineveh, God. It's a creepy town with creepy people. I don't like it. I mean, Lady Gaga is from Nineveh, God. I don't like it. Peppa Pig is from Nineveh, God. I don't. She is a pig with pig parents. And in season five, she, she ate bacon. That is wrong. Peppa is a cannibal. God, 
don't make me go there. I don't want to see Peppa. I'm not going to tell you again. Go. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. You're the big guy. None of us that way. I will go. No, just go play in the clouds or whatever it is you do. I, I will go. I need a ticket. Next boat out of here. Where's it going? Tarshish. Okay. Well, here's some money. Oh, thank you for the ticket. Wait, the boat's already leaving. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Jonah. Okay. Well, just get down inside the boat. Should be smooth sailing the whole way. Okay. My goodness. Oh. It's a pretty crummy boat, but at least it will take me somewhere away from Nineveh. Anywhere from Nineveh is good, even if it's Tarshish. Maybe I can get some rest down here. Oh, oh my goodness. Hey, can you keep it steady, please? I'm trying to get some sleep down here. Oh, my goodness. What is going on? Oh my goodness, this is a crazy storm going on right here. If I don't watch it, I'll fall right off the stage. This is crazy, crazy. What is happening? Well, we've been praying to our gods and it's not doing anything. So maybe you should talk to yours and maybe that'll fix it. Yeah, that probably will. <laughs> you see, I, I serve the God who made this whole ocean right here and uh, I think he's kind of ticked off at me right now. So maybe, I don't know, you chuck me overboard and everything will be okay for you. Oh, my I can't believe they did it. Oh my goodness. Oh, <coughs> this is a crazy storm. That's a, that's a, that's a big fish coming my way. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh no. God, what have you done? I've been swallowed by a fish. Oh, it's a stanky fish, too. Oh, God, please forgive me. Forgive me for, for running away from you. Forgive me for disobeying. Forgive me for this awful accent. I don't know if it's Mexican or Middle Eastern, but forgive me, please. If you would just, just get me out. I will go. I will go to Nineveh if you please just get me out of here. Fish, puke them up. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, that was disgusting. Oh, oh, what is all over me? This is so sickening. Oh, oh, okay. Nineveh's that way, God. I will go. And he does. He goes. And, and so there's this roller coaster of obedience. There's a roller coaster going on in Jonah's. Oh, I'm almost 50. I'm out of breath already. But there's a roller coaster going on in his heart. And where he starts expressing things to God that. You can kind of tell where he's at. He, he expresses things to himself, kind of talking to himself. 
He expresses things to the people around him that reveal a little bit what's going on in his heart. But the book of Jonah ends kind of weird. He does go and obediently deliver the message that God wanted him to deliver, and it leads to one of the largest conversions of people to follow God in all of history. And so that's a good moment. But if you read chapter four, the final chapter of Jonah, he's upset about it. He didn't like the people that he was going to preach to. And he gets upset because God did what God does. He forgives, he loves, he speaks truth, and he warns people heading the wrong direction. And they responded to the message and Jonah was upset with it. And it finishes with Jonah whining and complaining. It finishes with Jonah expressing really what's still going on in his heart. He's still wrestling with how could this be and I wish I hadn't gone and I'd rather be dead than see forgiveness and love extended to those sorts of people. See, something was going on in his heart. Our words reflect what's going on in here, but our words also shape what's going on in here. Don't take your words for granted, you guys. Girls, the words that you share with each other or in your family, they have the power of life or the power of death. Your words, your tongue has the ability to bring healing and comfort. It's also got the ability to really hurt people. Dad's the same. We're all in the same boat. James talks about the power of the tongue, right? And the tongue has the ability to bring some tremendous goodness to our hearts if we'll let it. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building each other up. You guys, what if, what if the only things that we allowed to come out of our mouth were things that were good for building each other up, not tearing each other down? What if the words that we spoke were life-giving and healing and those words found their way down into the hearts of people that need more healing and need more love and need more encouragement. This is gonna be such a practical key as we all head back down and, and, and allow the, the love of God and the truth of God to make its way to our hearts. He can use you to encourage somebody else's heart. He can use you to continue to bolster somebody else's heart. He can use you to bring healing to somebody else's heart. In Proverbs chapter 16, if you have your Bible, you can flip there. There's a handful of things that are said in these three or four verses in Proverbs chapter 16 that I just find so compelling with regard to the ability for our words to impact and shape the hearts of people around us emanating from hearts that are being affected by the love of God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21 says this, the wise in heart are called discerning and gracious words promote instruction. Prudence or cautiousness is a fountain of life to the cautious, to the prudent. 
but folly or foolishness brings punishment to fools. Listen, the hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. And then this, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. What if we just got really good at giving and speaking gracious words to each other and that had this amazing effect on the hearts of people around you? How many of you would like to be on the receiving end of words like that? Yeah, I would. And then how many of you would like to be used by God to to heal up people and comfort people and strengthen people? Right, we've got that ability, praise be to God. And so I would love to maybe just extend a handful of gracious words as we wrap up our time here this morning, some words that maybe would be sweet to your soul, healing to your bones, and affect your heart. I want to propose four phrases to you that if you use these four phrases often, you speak these to the people around you, it'll be good for your heart and it'll be really good for their heart. Here's the first phrase. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, when you say, I'm sorry, It takes a whole lot of humility to say I'm sorry. And did you know, sometimes you've gotta speak something into being. Sometimes you don't feel sorry. But sometimes you need to speak something so that your heart will catch up. If I only spoke the stuff I felt like speaking, it would be bad news for me and it would be bad news for you. But God has told me to encourage people even when I don't feel like it. He's called me to speak gracious words even if I don't feel like it. He's called me to speak truthful words in love even when I don't feel like it. We worship sometimes, not just when we feel like it, but we worship because God really demands it and he loves it. And there's been many a time where I come in, I don't feel like singing the worship song, but then I take that step and do it anyway. And about the second or third song into that song worship, my heart catches up with my lips. And that can be the same for me and you. When you say, I'm sorry, it will cultivate humility in you. It will make you more humble It takes a humble person to say, I have hurt you, and I see it. I I sinned against you, and I see it. And I wanted to tell you, I'm sorry. And in that moment, humility is expressed, and humility is grown in your heart. And humility is such a quality of the heart of Jesus. Maybe, maybe the most huge quality of the heart of Jesus is humility. 
See, pride, on the other hand, pride, the opposite of humility. But humility says, hey, I've hurt you, and I don't want that harm to go to your heart. And so, like driving a nail in, I, I want to remove that nail. I'm sorry. What if we got really good at that? Second phrase. First phrase is what? Second phrase is, I forgive you. I forgive you. See, if I'm sorry has humility written all over it, then I forgive you has Jesus written all over it. Do you know Jesus has spoken that over you? When you come to him humbly with your sin, with your junk, with your mistakes, he looks and says, I forgive you. He hung on that cross to forgive you and I of our sins. And as he has forgiven us, we are now called to forgive other people. I know some people have hurt you badly, but when you say, I forgive you, it can bring healing. It can bring reconciliation. And that is something that our hearts need. Our hearts will take a hit often if we harbor unforgiveness. A great way to keep your heart unhealthy is keep harboring, withholding forgiveness from people. But if you say, I forgive you, you're really modeling Jesus. And that will be something that is a reflection of what's going on in your heart, but it'll also cultivate the heart you've got softer soil when you say, I forgive you. There was a little boy that kept uh, losing his temper. And the dad and the mom were finally so tired of it that they said, okay, we're done with this. You keep having these outbursts. I'm sick and tired of it. So here's what we're going to do. Every single time you lose your temper, what I want you to do is I want you to take a walk way out to the back end of our property where there's that wooden fence lining the back of our property, and I want you to hammer one nail into that fence and then take the long walk back. And the kid said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take the walk. I don't want to have to do that every single time. And they said, you just lost your temper. Go take a walk right now. And he took the long walk, and he hammered the nail in the fence, and he came back. Over the next couple of months, Every single time he lost his temper, he took the long walk out, hammered a nail on the fence, and then he made his way all the way back. And eventually he's going, this is not worth it. I'm sick of having to take the walk. Maybe I should try to hold my temper. And he started to hold his temper. And he started to get a handle on the words that were coming out of his mouth. And his parents started to notice. And he started to notice. He turned back to his parents a couple of months in and said, can you tell, like I'm really holding my temper a lot better. It's been a couple weeks and I haven't had to take the walk to the fence. Isn't that great? Aren't you proud of me? And they said, you bet we are. Here's what we want you to do now. Every single time that you hold your words, every single time that you don't let your temper erupt, I want you to go take a walk out to that fence and remove a nail from the fence. I don't know if I like the sound of that. doesn't matter. 
He kept doing that. Over the next couple of months, every single time he held his temper, he took the walk and removed a nail from that fence. And it was a beautiful thing. On the last day, the last walk for the last nail, he came running back with the last nail. He was so excited. He said, it's been a couple of months. I've held my temper so much that all the nails I filled up with are now removed. Aren't you happy, mom? Aren't you happy, dad? And they looked at him and they said, we're so happy. It's better for us. It's better for you. He said, I know I feel better. And then the dad said, but you realize, right, that the fence is never going to be the same. It's got a whole bunch of holes in it. And we got to watch our words because of that. Because we can say things and in goes the nail. And we can say, I'm sorry, and the nail comes out. And forgiveness can be extended. But there can still be some damage there. Now, what I disagree with in that situation is, I don't believe that the fence can never be made whole again when it comes to our hearts and our souls. Because God is a healer. God can fill in the gaps that other people have made in your heart and my heart. And it starts with saying, I'm sorry. It starts with saying, I forgive you. It's humility all in those words. It's Jesus all in those words. And that's really good for your heart and my heart. So, I'm sorry. I forgive you. Let's be quick with those words. Amen? Third phrase. I believe in you. Let's say that together. I believe in you. I believe every single person needs to hear that. And daughters, I don't care what age you are, you need to hear someone audibly say, I believe in you. See, when, when, when humility of I'm sorry is spoken, there is humility that goes to work in our hearts. When I forgive you is spoken, then healing can take place in our hearts. When somebody says, I believe in you, then a real strengthening of a heart can take place. And so if you see something in your daughter dads, and even daughters, if you see something in your dad, maybe they're going through a rough time, you'll never know the power of your words even back to us. Daddy, I believe in you. And it's not this superficial sort of thing. It's really just saying, I, I see you as God sees you. Every single one of you in here, listen to me on this. Nobody else on earth can do what God put you here to do. He's your creator. He's your maker. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are all God's masterpiece or work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. That's every single one of you. You've got skills and gifts, girls, that I don't have, and God's gonna use those things in you. He's gonna transform the world through you if you let him. He's got his sights on you, and he knows the days out ahead of you. And so go embrace those days. Uh, being affected by the truth of Jesus and the love of Jesus. Seeing yourself as he sees you. If he sees something good in you, if he says something about you, your identity, that you see different, one of you is mistaken. 
And God's not mistaken about what he sees in you. He's made you unique. He's made you wonderful. And he's given you, he's made you for a purpose. And he has belief that you can do amazing things and be used by him in amazing ways. I believe in you are words that can speak strength into a heart. Be generous with those words. So I'm sorry, I forgive you, I believe in you. And then the last one, let's be real generous with this. It's not rocket science, but it's key. I love you. Everybody say, I love you. Well, thank you very much, I appreciate it. (laughs) I love you. I, I love you are some very powerful words. And some of us grew up in, in homes where that was never said out loud. And it makes it real vulnerable, awkward sometimes to say it ourselves. But we can be the generation that changes that. When we say, I love you, we're expressing the heart of God for the hearts of other people. God is love. And his love is abundant. And he loved you so much that he gave his one and only son for you. And so you could walk around daily knowing that you are loved by him. And that out of the overflow of the love that you're receiving in your heart from God through Jesus, then how could we not be generous with just loving people and then speaking it, saying it, hey, I love you. I'm not talking about giving it away uh, to the boyfriend yet or whatever, girls. You hang on to that. But when it comes to people that you genuinely love, a close friend, family member, we got to say it to each other. We got to speak that to each other. Because I think the enemy goes to work on us in this. He does the most work in our hearts. The enemy does convincing us that we're not loved. And we need to hear it. We need to see it in the scriptures, and we need to hear it through other people that become the mouthpiece of God. I love you. I pray that daddies and daughters, that you'll stand under the waterfall of the grace and the mercy and the love that God has for you. And if you ever doubt God and himself, if you ever doubt if your heart's gonna get any better, just turn to him and you'll recognize that he's already loving you. He's been loving you the entire time and that love can never be taken away from you. No matter how far you wander or where you go, his love is the thing that remains. And if that doesn't affect your heart and shape your heart and then come out of the overflow of your heart in the way that you speak to others and treat others, I don't know what will. And so let's go. Let's go covered in the love of Jesus and go love and speak that love to people all around us. Amen? God bless you. Let me pray for us and we'll wrap up our time. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you know the condition of our hearts. I thank you for those whose hearts are full today. And we know that the result of who you are and your activity in their heart and in their life. Continue to fill them up to overflowing. Pray, Father, for your protection, your hand over each one of these. Lord, prompt them often to ask the question, 
how's your heart? Prompt them often to be open-hearted, a posture that just invites you, God, to search us and to know our hearts, to test us and then lead us in the way everlasting. And out of the overflow of a heart like that, God, we pray that it would change everything that we say and everything we do for the better. I give you praise for these dads. I give you praise for these daughters. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us so much this weekend and that that love is going with us as we head home today. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you guys.